You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for being with us, everybody. And for those of you watching us on our live video, this was a live show on Wednesday night. If you're listening to us on Thursday on the podcast, good morning to you. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you being back here and talking about Raider football. Such an eventful week for the Raiders. Lots of change. And everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, most of you from, from my just observing online, those of you I interact with, those of you in the chat uh, on Facebook or in the chat on YouTube, uh, mostly positive. You know, I, I know some of you aren't uh, happy with whether it was the coach hiring or whether it was the GM hiring or both. Nobody's ever going to be, not 100% of people are going to be very happy. Uh, but I know that like here with Silver and Black today, we like an open discussion. People who uh, don't agree with each other one uh, all the time. You guys mix it up in the chat there respectfully. And I appreciate that. And uh, it's always fun to do that. Uh, Mo Moten's off tonight, uh, but he will be back with us for the next show. So uh, thanks to you guys for for tuning in. Egalitarian207, good to see you, man. Thanks for the salute. We appreciate that. Samuelson, is there any chance to bring back Khalil Mack? I don't think so. Um, I think uh, Khalil Mack's still a good player, but I think the Raiders are focused more on the future. And while they will, I'm sure, sign some free agents. I don't know that Cleo Max in that picture. Okay, so let's get into Tom Telesco. So we've heard a lot about Tom Telesco. We've heard a lot about the good that he's done. We've also heard some of the criticisms. Now, if you look at what the Chargers were able to do in 11 years, you guys know because you tell me every year, uh, okay, the Chargers on paper, every year they get hyped up. They're going to be a Super Bowl team. They're going to do this. We hear it from the national media, all that stuff. And of course, they always crap the bed, right? They do. They just do. They constantly have major injuries. That's a separate story. Raiders have a great training and medical staff. So I don't think Tom Telesco will have that issue in Las Vegas. But if you look at uh, all of this other stuff uh, with what he did there, you know, from, from a way the team performed, it's underwhelming, to be frank. Now, uh, hey, Jesse, what's going on, man? Uh, but if you look at... Telesco's record, um, I think the biggest negative he has overall was the hiring of coaches. He hired three coaches who didn't really amount to anything. You saw what happened with Brandon Staley. Daniel, thanks so much, man. $1.99. That, of course, goes to our good friends at Raider Nation Radio and the One Nation Foundation. So thank you for your super chat there 
as well. So you look look at that record uh, uh, for the Chargers, both San Diego and Los Angeles, because he was with the team in San Diego before they moved. Uh, and and you're 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 underimpressed because they've never been able to live up to any hype that they've been given, despite having pretty much a talented roster. Now we look at that and we look at his first round draft picks, the Joey Bosa's, right, the Slaters, those type of guys. Of course, Justin Herbert. And you say, okay, great. He's done well in the first round. But I think also, I'm going to play both sides of the coin here. Great. Obviously, pick good folks. Knows what he's doing there. But where you're pick, if you're picking in the top 10 of the first round, most of the time you're going to hit on those. Not all of them. Not all of them, uh, as the Raiders know. But I think that overall, he's had the chance to, to make some of those picks, and he's done well on them. Uh, Derwin James, some of those other guys, of course, he's had injury issues, uh, but that you can't necessarily control. Uh, you don't know what's happening there. But anyway, so you look at that and you say, okay, great. But even if the team didn't perform, and remember, throughout that time, he had two franchise quarterbacks. Yes, Phillip Rivers, it was towards the end of his career, the last three or four years, but then they got Justin Herbert. And so he's always had a pretty dang good quarterback there. And so you think about, well, what did happen? Well, coaching. Well, a lot of people say the Spanos families, or as I call them, the Spanos goofs, they are cheap. They would not give him the money to hire a coach. True. But a lot of folks hire coaches, young coaches that were coordinators for less money than a Jim Harbaugh. Okay. So they go out and hire Harbaugh tonight. And that is somebody that uh, also isn't, isn't necessarily, I mean, he's an expensive guy, right? He's an expensive coach. The, the, the report I saw before I went on the air was five years, didn't see the money yet. But either way, that criticism is like people give an excuse to Tom Tulsco. Well, the Spanos wouldn't. But still, if you hire a good young coach, if you don't have enough money to go out and hire a big name, right? Somebody who's got a bunch of experience, then you kind of have to sniff it out and figure it out. We've seen all the names this year with Ben Johnson and, and some of these other guys, Robinson from the Rams, who the Raiders are interviewing. Those guys are we're in the same position. So Tom Telesco missing on the coaches seems to be the biggest, I think, uh, uh, negative that I can see. But then you also have the draft. So we talked about the first rounders, but when you get past the first round, uh, Telesco's record with the Chargers has not been stellar. The Chargers have lacked depth, and that usually comes from hitting in the draft. That comes from hitting second, third, fourth, even fifth round. Remember, Max Crosby was a fourth round pick. I know, unfair to compare others to Max because of how good he became, even though he was a fourth rounder. Though Those types of concerns are real. I'm not saying that he's going to do it again. I'm just saying it's there. It's fact. You have 11 years. And so I want to show you a graphic that I have that we found. And this is, and hopefully you can see this on the screen when I put it up here. Uh, if you see this here, this is dr team draft success. This is quantitative data, which talks about, and I know it's kind of hard to see there. Uh, unless you're really close to your phone or your computer. But if you look, this is in essence how the teams have drafted successfully as far as the overall players taken throughout all rounds, right? And the draft is a crapshoot. There's no question about it, right? You, you need to nail more than you lose or, or miss on. But if you look, the Chargers under Tom Telesco, this goes back to 2013 uh, to 2022, so it doesn't include last year. You look at this, and the Chargers were fourth from the bottom, and two above them was the Raiders. So over the course of from 2013 to 2020, actually, the Raiders score higher there from a percentile. The bottom number is the percentile, like uh, is is you know how many of the draft picks basically hit. 
The Chargers were just above uh, 40%. The Raiders were in the same vicinity. So this includes all draft picks. So it's not just based on the first round and all the one great ones you hit on. It's also based on those that you did not. So looking at this chart and you're like, Woof, okay, now he's had a couple years where hit on a lot more picks in one year, but this is aggregated over the entire time that he was with the Chargers. And this is for the entire league. So you can see that you go up to the top and some of these teams like the Chiefs, of course, the Ravens, uh, the Rams, and some of these other teams, Buccaneers, have all done. So you look at that and you say, okay, well, that's not incredibly impressive and it's a little bit concerning, right? Uh, but again, that does not mean that Tom Telesco can't be successful with the Raiders. We're just going off record. We're going off what we've seen. Because he is experienced and has that many years of running the draft for the Chargers, you can infer from that that well, maybe not. Now, the Chargers and the Raiders have different draft uh, um, um, scouting. They have different scouts, different staff. So maybe the Raiders, although the Raiders didn't fare well over that time, but the Raiders were also a mess. They had they didn't have one GM like the Chargers did. They had the the revolving door, as you guys know, right? So so from that perspective, you can look at those numbers. And again, numbers only help us make uh, assumptions. And that is something that we we go we go with and look at and say, okay, that's going to just inform where we're at. So in my view, the way I, I look at those numbers, and you guys tell me if you disagree in the chat, the way I look at those numbers is Tom Telesco uh, has got to get better and he's got to prove it, right? So he's going to have one draft this year. He's already there. He's going to draft this year and we'll see how he does. Now, we won't know the results of that until we get through a season, until the end of next season when um, they do that. And yes, Oakland fan, yes, the Rams trade all their picks, but yet they nail it. Um, look at Puka Nakua, right? Now, oh, that was lucky. No, they had Cooper Cup. They had a lot of guys they've been able to do that with. So it's a good point there, Oakland fan. But um, so so he's going to have a chance to do that. But again, we won't know till the end of next season, the Raiders, whatever they do with their picks, okay, we won't know how that nets out until we get through a season. And then, as you know, there's players too. You might get third, fourth, fifth round that don't necessarily hit right away. Now, you look at the, the Chiefs last year. I know it's a sore point because it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs had seven rookies in their draft class last year. Last year, start and play in the Super Bowl. So that tells you they nailed their draft class in the first year. You look at it this year. Same thing happened with Detroit. Detroit had a great draft class. Same thing has happened there. Okay? So um, it's possible. You know, and some, some guys develop slower. Some guys don't. And, and so we'll have to see how Tom Telesco does. Now, I know so much of the Raider culture is about us against the world, and that's cool. It's part of what makes the culture so great. It's what Al Davis preached and said about as the culture for the Raiders. But the national media is looking at this too. There's been a lot of folks who've written positively about Tom Telesco and the Raiders hiring him. And it was, and for them, I think it was a surprise. But I want to play you. I talked with Dallas Robinson. Dallas is a writer for the Pro Football Network. Uh, and he wrote a story yesterday about the hiring of Tom Telesco and he graded it. Okay. And just to prepare you, um, he graded the hire as a D, not an F, but a D. So I interviewed him for my role at Sports Knot, and I wanted to play you this interview just to give you the other side, okay? 
It might make you mad. It might, it might reinforce that you don't like Tom Telesco. I don't know. But it's always, I always search for other people's opinions, no matter what mine are. And so I'm going to play you this Dallas Robinson interview that I did today with him about Tom Telesco and why he doesn't like the hire. Listen to it, and then we'll jump in the chat and get your reaction. A bit of time and ask you, you had another piece run up on Pro Football Network about the Raiders hiring Tom Telesco, who had been fired by the Chargers, of course, after the Raiders beat the Chargers in that 63-point uh, beatdown in Las Vegas. Tom Telesco goes over to the Raiders, a bit of a surprise, only from the standpoint of, yes, everybody knew he interviewed twice, but Champ Kelly, Ed Dodds, of course, the assistant GM from the Colts, those were both considered sort of the favorites. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden... On, on Tuesday, guess what? The Raiders hire Tom Telesco. You gave him a, you gave the hire a grade. You gave it a D. Let's talk through a little bit of why the Tom Telesco hire for Las Vegas uh, might not be uh, that great for them. What, what is it about Tom Telesco's 11 years at the Chargers that gives you pause uh, for, for the Raiders hiring him? Yeah, it did come as a surprise to me because I, I looked like Champ Kelly or Ed Dodds was going to be the guy. And you know, whether that's Mark Davis just not wanting to pair a rookie head coach and Antonio Pierce with a rookie general manager, I, I think that might be what it is. So Tom Telesco obviously has a long track record of experience. And, and I hate to just put a, a D on somebody and leave it at that. So I, <laughs> I do have a reasoning behind it. You know? Yes, it's, you do. Yes. I, I think the Chargers, look, they, they had some success, but they only went to the playoffs three times in 11 seasons that Telesco was in charge. So that, that's just a baseline. He hit on some first-round picks. But it, but it's not just first round picks that you have to grade a general manager on. It's it's an entire draft class over years. If you look at some of his mid and late round picks, consistently missing on those picks, which in turn deprives the Chargers roster roster of depth. You you build NFL rosters based on young, cost controlled players on rookie contracts. The Chargers just never had that. It was totally a stars and scrubs roster. Then you would see those injury issues hit that we all know the Chargers are get every single season. Every year. They didn't. They didn't. Have, they never had the depth to kind of fill in for those absences, right? So I think that was a problem. The Chargers never invested in analytics. They they always have one of the lowest analytics staff in the entire NFL. Tom Telesco has never traded down in an, in a single NFL draft, which is almost impossible. He's only traded <laughs> up four times, so like he's not a guy that moves around. I'm not saying you have to move around the draft, but. It's pretty accepted wisdom that trading down and accept and getting more draft capital is a good way to go. Um, so, and, and the fact that he didn't take any time off kind of gives me worries too. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't spend a year learning. We, we just talked about the kind of the uh, with the coaching side, this kind of search for knowledge that coaches and teams have. Tom Telesco only took a month off, right? Yeah. He's he he didn't learn any new ideas. He didn't go to spend time with anybody else. He's going right back into an NFL job. So I'm not sure. What's going to change that he go? Well, he goes to the Raiders. Like I'm, I'm worried that we're going to look back in a few years and the Raiders are going to kind of be this bloated mess that has cap problems and a over the hill roster and no depth. And I hate to say that for any Raiders fans that are excited about this Tom Telesco hire, but based on the job he did in LA, that's I, I'm just not that excited about the hire. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Well, there you go, Dallas Robinson. And uh, I know some of the comments, Debbie Downer. You know, you know, he's just looking at it from that perspective. And I think I think some of the points, as we talked about earlier, um, has uh, has a has a good point of view. I mean, he's got some valid points. I'm not saying that that means that like at the end there, the where I disagreed with Dallas was around the cap because in Los Angeles, the cap was controlled by uh, Spanos's son. He's one of the sons uh, who ran the cap stuff. Obviously, he wasn't very good at it. Tom Delaney with the Raiders is very good at it. And so I think that that's not necessarily the same situation. Okay, so and and the Charger organization, and I know I said something publicly about this, and and I got a bunch of Charger fans coming after me, of course, which was like, oh, oh yeah, and the Raider organization's great. And no, I'm not making I'm not making excuses for the awful decisions that Mark Davis, who has owned them and said that he made them uh, over the years, but at the same time, the dysfunction and the issues in Los Angeles with the Chargers are much much different. You have a nepotism issue there. Because you have the situation where you have the entire hierarchy of the Chargers are Spanos kids and grandkids, okay? Doesn't mean they had a lot of NFL experience other than, hey, dad or grandpa owned the team and I got to hang around and now I got a job because I went back east and went to an Ivy League, came back out, and now I'm running a team. So I think it's a very different situation. Um, and uh, so so that that in itself is different. But... His point about not hitting in later rounds, and and somebody in the chat, and I forgot, I got to scroll back and see, uh, uh, Davion McLean Hall. You said, hey, I think you said something about it. Well, okay, so if you only if you hit in the third and fifth rounds, and miss in the first and second, are are you still are you still a good GM? And the the answer is no. The answer is, as a GM, I think you need to hit more than not with your top draft pick. So first and second round, you're going to have misses. Everybody does, N no question, right? And so you'll have some of those, but you can't do them to like the Raiders under John Gruden continually three straight years with the exception of Josh Jacobs. And of course, Max Crosby, who was a fourth rounder. He wasn't a first or second rounder. Missed. And look what it did to the franchise. It set the franchise back. Now you have to hit in those middle rounds. You remember what Mike Mayock famously said? He said, oh, where you make your bread and butter as an NFL team is the third to fifth rounds. That's what he said. And, and actually he's right. Now, they executed there in some good cases. You look at what they've been able to do in some of the middle rounds, and they got a couple guys, including Max Crosby. So that's fine, but you have to consistently hit throughout. Like, you can't great first round and suck in the rest, and you can't suck in the first and second round and be good in the third and fifth round and expect your team. Because now in the NFL, especially with the economics, guys, with the economics, the most valuable thing in the NFL is a player who performs at a high level on a rookie contract. Now. You eventually got to pay that guy if you're going to keep him. But it's vital because of the way the salary cap works. That's what you want. That's what you need. So it's vital. If you look at the teams that continue to perform well, it is because. Now, you can go back to the Rams when they built their team and, and spent the money and got into cap hell and all that. It worked. You can do it for a short period of time. But if you're going to build a consistent winner, you have to do it through the draft. And then you pepper in the free agents. No question. You add a free, if you're a player away, for example, if you're the Raiders, you got your quarterback, you got all this, and man, you just need that stud defensive end. And there's a great one on the market. Then you spend the money to go get it. But the reason you can spend money on a big free agent, by the way, is because 
those guys on the smaller rookie con or the less expensive rookie contracts where they're locked in and you control them for five years, they're performing. That's what allows you to go out and get some of those big names. And you've seen that with other teams. So that is all, um, that is all, all a big part of this. So that's why the Tom Telesco situation with hitting later in the draft and all that is, is important because when you look at the history, that's what we see from him. Again, doesn't mean the same thing will happen with the Raiders, but you can infer from it that it's a weakness. Now, can that be made up by other people in the front office? Can does he go, Is he going to have a staff that will help and do a better job than he had in Los Angeles? One of the other things, too, that's interesting that came out about the whole Tom Telesco time, and I talked to Scott Kaplan from ESPN Radio down in Los Angeles. He's also uh, does a show down in San Diego, too, the Kaplan and Crew Show. And I, I was texting with him after Telesco. I said, give me the skinny because he's covered the chart for 20 years. And he really likes Tom Telesco. He really likes him and said, hey, no, he's a good dude. He's good. And, and he, we got into the conversation about the, the Chargers investing so little money in analytics. Okay? The Chargers have three people on staff that do analytics. That's very small for a NFL team. So that's part of it, I think. Now, so you say, okay, well, Chargers again being cheap. They're not cheap when they spend money on players. They're all cheap in other areas. And so what that happens is, or what happens with that is, then you don't, it, it impacts scouting, it impacts all sorts of things. Now, the bad news, <laughs> the bad news is the Raiders only have four. So apparently the Raiders don't invest, they invest more, but they don't necessarily invest as much as some of the other teams you see around the league. With the, the influx of money into the Raider organization, I'm hoping, my hope is that Tom Telesco learned that in Los Angeles. And he, in his discussions with Mark Davis and, of course, Antonio Pierce, maybe said to them, and one of the reasons he took the job was, hey, we need to increase budget and staff around the analytics piece so that we can make better decisions. Because all the analytics do, they don't, te they, don't, they don't make decisions for you analytics. They're informative. So you can make the best decision you can. So I think that's, to me, what I'd like to see out of them. And hopefully they do that. We'll see if that indeed happens. Uh, but the, the falling off after the second round for Tom Telesco, also free agent signings. He's had a couple really good ones. Obviously, Khalil Mack was one. Um, but but he's also missed on some too. So we'll see that. But we'll get we'll get more in depth on that as we go along and we look at the Raiders roster and 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 what they do there. So so that's that's sort of what we're looking at for the Tom Telesco situation. But let me know what you guys think in I see you guys arguing back and forth about coaches, which is fine. It's all good. That's what the um chat is there. And Dave, you obviously are not a fan of AP being the coach. Um, and I understand the point of view. I think, you know. I would not get on your fellow Raider fans if they disagree. Um, but you know what? Antonio Pierce is going to have the opportunity to prove those people who don't think it was the best choice wrong, as will Tom Telesco. Uh, and Dave, I understand you're pissed off. I get it. I get it. I've heard a lot of folks same way. I get it. Hey, Dark Deck Vader, how you doing, man? Uh, cheers to you as well. Appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, what do we have here? We got another one that says the key to this is hiring, keeping Tom Delaney. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll get more into that. But, um, when we come back next week, we'll get a little more into roster. I think we got to start talking about that as we get up to, of course, 
the legal tampering period, so free agency and all that doesn't start till March. So we got a little bit of time, but again, it's just one of those situations where you're going to have uh, a lot happening between now and then. The next big domino to fall, folks, has got to be who Antonio Pierce hires as his offensive coordinator and fills out the rest of his staff. Patrick Graham, again, interviewed uh, uh, in Seattle. So there's no guarantee Patrick Graham stays. So we'll see if that happens. But my concern is this is that I am not a big fan, and I understand Antonio Pierce, Marvin Lewis and Tom Coughlin as advisors for him is huge. I got nothing, mentors were so important to me in my career. And I love that. But I will tell you that my issue is if, 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 if Antonio Pierce starts hiring quote unquote coaches out of the Marvin Lewis tree, it, that's not going to be a positive to me because they have not been successful. If you look at the, those that have been head coaches and those that are still around the league and other positions, I would be concerned with that. That's my only concern. It's not, it, it's valid until it's not. So we'll see what they do. I think you need somebody at offensive coordinator who is progressive. You need somebody at offensive coordinator. Who's not somebody who I'm going to bring in a scheme. No, it's somebody who's going to come in and be a designer. What do you have? What's the talent you have? What do you want to create? Don't come in with a preconceived motion of, I'm going to run this offense. Yeah, you, you might have a base offense, but you need somebody who's going to come in. Somebody like Frank Smith, who used to be the Raiders tight end coach, who went to Miami, doesn't call plays there. I get that. But he went with Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel hasn't proven anything out yet because the Dolphins crumbled at the end of the year, partly due to injury. But I do think that that's the kind of person you need. So I want to see... He talked about vision in the press conference. I want to see vision and I want to see forward thinking, especially with the offensive coordinator. So we'll have to see if that happens, but that's going to happen uh, hopefully soon. We'll see what, what's going on. Remember the teams that are still in the playoffs, those four teams, if, if they're talking to somebody with those teams, they can't bring them in for an interview till they're out of the playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. All right. We're going to take our final break here for our audio audience. If you're watching us on video, it'll only be a few seconds. When we come back, we're going to get to one of my favorite things, and that is the Raider Nation mailbag. We got your voicemails, we got your emails, and we're going to close the show out with that. All right, so we appreciate you guys being with you. I'm Scott Branson. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We are coming right back with your messages. Don't go anywhere. 